Hallelujah. We thank God you have tuned into this message by David Entry at Caris Church. No hand can help you with the fulfillment of your destiny but the word of God. May God's hand align with you further into your destiny through this word. Colossians chapter 3, reading from verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done. And there is no respecter of persons. Chapter 4 verse 1. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Shall we pray? Father, what we are not, make us. What we don't know, teach us. Where we are not yet, take us. All to the glory of your name. As your word is taught, let grace be released. Let us come into an experiential knowledge of Christ, who is the reality of all things. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Colossians is such an amazing, amazing book in scriptures. And as I was saying, anytime you do exposition or expository preaching, or if you take it verse by verse by verse, you know, the word of God is such that it's not topical. So if you want to learn about patience, it's not like you go to one place and everything about patience, everything God has got to say about patience is there. If you want to learn about marriage, it's not like you go to one place and everything God has got to say marriage about marriage is there. If you want to learn about what every subject that the word of God handles is usually not concentrated in one place. The word of God is the word of God. So it's in different, sometimes it's different places. I was teaching um, recently KP2 and I was telling them about how, permit me, I'm going off a bit, but about how Abraham, when you read Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3, you come across the encounter of Abraham with God. But if you, if you, that's the first time it was mentioned, Abraham and God. 
But if all your Bible knowledge about Abraham and God is based on that, you might not get the full picture. Because Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 and 3, verse 1 actually says that, for God had said to Abraham, leave your father's house. It wasn't like God came and said, he had said. So that means there have been an interaction between God and Abraham before Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. But the first we saw in, in the book of Genesis was Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. For God had said to Abraham. So had, maybe it's just a, an expression. No, it's not just an expression. Thank you very much. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get thee out of your country. And from your, uh, your, your get thee out of your country, your kindred from your father's house. I don't tell which I'll show you. And then verse 2. And verse 2 says that, and I'll make of you a great nation and all that. And verse 3 talks about, I'll bless those who bless you. That's when God had said it. But until you read the New Testament, you won't realize that God actually came to Abraham before Genesis chapter 12. So in, in New Testament, Stephen, who summarized the entirety of the Old Testament in, in the New Testament, started with Abraham. In Acts chapter 7, verse 2, he said, For the God, the, he said, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. So before he came to Haran, God has met him. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. He says that now God said, uh, where? Said to Abraham, uh, get out of your country and then uh, from your father's house. And, and, that, and then verse 2. And you'll find out that this one is talking about, uh, I'll bless you and make you great. When he was living in Haram. Genesis chapter 12, God said it to him in Haram. But then, in, in Acts chapter 7, God has said it to him when he was living in Mesopotamia. Before he dwelt in Haram. That's the same as Charan. Yes, just the, give us New King James, please. The New King James in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haram. So, in Genesis chapter 12, he came to him in Haram. And he said, leave your father and your... And then Abraham took his father and when he had told him in Mesopotamia, leave, he moved with him. And they, when they came to Haran, the father died. So his father died in Haran. That's when God came the second time. Because he had already told him before he came to Haran. Does that make sense? So before he came to Haran, God had told him, move. He didn't move. Rather, his father was the one who said, let's move from Mesopotamia. And then they came into dwelling Haran. And then after his father died, Abraham now, God had told him to move from Haran. So he moved before he started going towards the Canaan land. So if you are not familiar, if you don't read the Bible as a whole, and you just read only some parts, for those of you who only read Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> have you read my Bible? Have you read my Bible? I've been reading my Psalms, please. The Bible is more than Psalms. Psalm is only one book out of 66. So, and you can't say I really, and some people say I don't believe in Genesis. Genesis, if you don't believe in Genesis, where do you start believing? Is it Exodus? <laughs> or Psalms? Or Proverbs? Or totality of scripture? Total scriptura. 
totality of scripture is the word of God for all scripture. So now, when you, when you take, like we are doing, uh, Colossians chapter 1 and then go chapter 3. Look, now we are in Colossians. And what I just read, Colossians have been talking about how Christ is the head of the church and the life of the church. Then we are coming to husband, love your wives. Wife, submit to your wife. And then even children, relationship between children and their fathers, and fathers and children. If you said, fathers, don't provoke your children, or they will be discouraged. Don't provoke them because they'll be discouraged and be fighting in town and police will arrest them. <laughs> Most of the rad, uh, rough behavior on the street is because of the situations at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the situations in the library, at home. <laughs> anyway, so, so it's important to understand that the scripture, once you take a verse, or sorry, a chapter, you are likely to cover so many varying things that God has got to say. And God says so much. So now, what the, what the text we read in the Colossians chapter uh, 3, going back to the text again with that understanding, it says that... Um, the verse, the verse 14 said, above all these things, put on love. But when I was doing the induction, you realize we spoke about verse 12. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the, if you are an elect of God, if you are the holy and beloved of God, put on mercies, kindness, and, and then all that. Look, but look at the verse, the next verse, verse 13. There's something there. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has quarrel, quarrel. Some other translation, if you have a complaint. You know, the church, like, as as once you bring two or three people together to live together, there'll be complaints. You know, how every family, the children are always fighting. Not maybe fighting blows, but mommy says, stop it. And this, the younger one has gone to take someone's shoe. Or someone's, it's, 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 there will always be complaints. I, I know you have some, some people you are here, you don't even talk to some family members because you have complaints. It's, it's, so when we come to watch, this is very important. As we come together as a body, God has brought us from very varying backgrounds, varying ex- exposures and experiences, personalities. He has brought us together to form this one entity called the church. That's why people who say, I don't do church, are not very spiritual. Because if you are spiritual, it will affect your attitude towards others who are also Christians. Yes, sir. So that spirituality, that does not challenge your approach, your attitude towards others who are also spiritual. Doesn't challenge your relationship with other people, your family, the body of Christ, your family, your, your neighbors, your colleagues at work. You are so spiritual, but it doesn't, doesn't go there. I'm not talking about how many quotations you quote. No, that's what I'm talking about. There's some ethical behavior that is produced by a life of Christ a person has. It's a superior ethical behavior that if you have the life of Christ, it will invariably begin to show. Where will it show? In your church relationships. Where will it show? With your relation with your wife. You are as spiritual as your relationship with your wife. That's quite an interesting one. You are as spiritual as your relationship with your husband. It tests how spiritual you are. You are as spiritual with your relationship with other people in church 
and at work. So it's so important to understand that it says that where there is complaint, but look at, it says that, and let the peace of God rule in your heart because you have issues with your relationship people, particularly in the church. But when the peace of Christ becomes ruling there is an umpire, it's an arbitrator. The arbitrator is the one that makes the decisions. Okay, this is so, this is so. And he said, let the peace of God be the umpire. That's determining, it becomes the determining factor of what you be, how you are relating with people. Not whether they are nice people or they are uh, uh, annoying people. That doesn't determine how you relate with them. It's the peace of God that is in you. That's the only way we can have effective church life. That's the only way we can have it. Because church has a lot of annoying people. Particularly the one who feels others are not nice. (laughs) Church has got... It's coming. Why? Because human beings, one way or the other, might annoy you. Like the one you live with. You know, but the peace of Christ must rule in our hearts. And then, it, but the peace, watch this, this way, the peace of Christ, verse, really verse 15 doesn't become effective until verse 16 is in place. So the peace of Christ can rule in your heart if the word of Christ does not dwell in you. So it takes the word of Christ now. This, this seems to be a very important phrase in the entirety of Colossians. Connecting, watch this, connecting the supply of God's goodness with our responsibility to behave in a certain way. God supplies himself to us. He supplies his goodness to us. And now we also have to live out. The only way you can live out a Christian life is first of all, it's predicated on how the rich word of Christ is dwelling in you. That's where Christianity or Christian behavior starts from. Christian behavior is predicated. I'm not talking about moral behavior. I'm talking about Christian behavior. Christian behavior is not what we only see. Moral behavior usually is what we see. Christian behavior is what is not seen, but is going on inside. So whether someone is watching you, someone, no one is watching you. Someone is seeing you, no one is seeing you. Christian behavior has not got to do with who is watching or who is not watching. It has got to do with the state of our internal condition, the state of our, our inner being, where the life of Christ is being manifested within us before it even shows up. So sometimes the behavior is more Spontaneous. It's more spontaneous than premeditated. Christian behavior will be spontaneous on the grounds that the word of Christ is dwelling in you. Uh, Am I I making a point? Now, before I go further on that, just like Ephesians, just like Romans, and just like most of the Pauline epistles, what he does is he doesn't start with duty. It starts with doctrine. It doesn't start with what we are supposed to do. It usually starts with what God has done. 
Because your Christianity is not based on what you have done. It's based on what God has done. And then from there, you live the life based on what Christ has done or what God has done. That's why it talks about who Christ is, uh, how he's unique, and all that, how we are accepted, how he's our portion, how let no one judge you based on what you eat and drink and all that. He speaks about, these are all doctrines. Then after speaking about doctrine, he migrates into duty. So when you're a Christian, there is a certain Christian duty that God expects of us. He doesn't start with the laws. He starts with grace. And when you have tasted grace, it begins to manifest graciousness in your life. So like Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3 talks about duty. Ephesians chapter 4, 5, 6 talks about, sorry, doctrine and then duty. So Ephesians 1, 2, 3 tells, tells us about what God has done for us, what we are supposed to be doing. Same with Colossians. Tells us what God has done. And now, when he was about to start, watch this, talking about our duty, or particularly when he was about to start talking about an ethical behavior, he starts, he connects the ethical behavior, duty of ethical behavior to what Christ has done by saying, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is very important. So God will not demand something of you which he hasn't given you the ability to to produce. He won't demand that. That's why he never starts with us with law. That shall not, that shall not. No. He starts with us, Christianity, and in Christ, starts with us what God has done for us. For God so loved the world. With an open arms, we are justified. We are sanctified. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We are accepted before God. We are the sons of God. That's an amazing one. We are the children of God. His spirit fills us, lives in us. Then on the grounds of that, now live that life out. Now, there is a direct relationship between Ephesians and Colossians. Very interesting. Um, Philippians is slightly different. All the books like Romans, Acts, uh, the, the Gospels, Acts, in Acts, Christ is depicted as the one who is proclaimed, who ascended into heaven and is proclaimed in Romans, is depicted as our righteousness for our justification and our life for our sanctification, transformation, and confirmation. And then in, 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 in 1 Corinthians, he is the life that is lived in the church, First and 2 Corinthians. And then in Galatians, he is the one who is the, our grace, our life versus the law. In Ephesians and Philippians, it is the one who supplies his life for the church to be, to be expressed in the church. But in Ephesians and Colossians, is in Ephesians, God's focus in Ephesians is that the church is the body of Christ. In Colossians, Christ is the head of the body. So the focus was more about Christ being the head in the Colossians, not just the head, the head and actual life in the body. So if a body without life is dead. So when we talk about the church being the body of Christ, what's the life in it? Is the Christ is the life in it, and he is the head of the body. That's what Colossians focuses on, very interestingly. Okay, now Ephesians talks about we just are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ and Christ the head, but focus more on the body of Christ. So then, watch this. I'm telling you this because when you read the the text we just read in Colossians chapter 
3, from particularly from verse 15, downwards to chapter 4, verse 1. There is a sister verse for that in Ephesians chapter 5, from verse 16. Very interesting. The same. It's similar. So if you, husbands, love your wife, it's also said already in Ephesians. Uh, uh, wives, submit your, it's said in Ephesians. Uh, children, obey your parents, it's said in Ephesians. Uh, masters, relate to your, it's said in, it's, it's interesting how these are ethical behaviors. Ephesians touches on it and Colossians touches on it. But from two slightly different, not different, same, but two angles that are same, but emphasis. Now, Ephesians, watch this. Ephesians emphasizes on the spirit-filled life. So how the Holy Spirit fills us to live a certain life. So whatever we are doing is based on the Spirit who is filling us. That's why in Ephesians, watch this. This is very interesting. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 said, Don't be filled with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Then it's speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But we just read it in Colossians. After saying that, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And so Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says that let the word of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. All teaching and admonishing. One another. No, no, watch, watch this. To teach and admonish one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, grace. He said, word, let the word be. The word should dwell in us. But in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it speaks about in relation to being not drowned, but be filled with the Spirit. Look at the verse 19. Speaking, so now, Ephesians talk about spirits being, we being filled with the Spirit is responsible for the speaking. In Colossians, it talks about the word of God dwelling in our heart is what is responsible for. Do you, do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, interestingly, because, because Ephesians, the focus was the church as the body of Christ, there's the need for the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God who lives us. So there's a lot of emphasis on the Spirit, on the Spirit. Whilst in Colossians, it is, the emphasis is about Christ being the head and the life of the body. Being the head, he exercises his authority in the church. Being the life, he ministers his grace. He ministers himself. He ministers grace and ability into the church. That's why the things that we are able to do and flow in line with godliness is coming from Christ as our life. Whilst when you go to Ephesians, when the word of God was spoken, the word was emphasized in Ephesians, he speaks about how the word of God, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26, we are washed by the word of God. So it's that the word of God in Ephesians washes our natural life, washes us from that so that we can be acceptable and flow with God. And then it's also used in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, the word of God is to fight our enemy. In Ephesians, the word of God was used to wash our natural life, the word for our enemies. However, in Colossians, that because Christ is the head and his authority, to exercise authority, watch this. The only way, watch that, thank you, Jesus. The only way Christ can exercise his authority in the church and supply his life in the church is when the word of God dwells in us. So when the word of God dwells in us, it gives Christ the ability to exercise his authority 
as the head, not, not our feelings, not social mood, not what society thinks, not what someone has done against you. No, uh, today I'm not in a mood. It's not about you. Until the word of Christ dwells in us, Christ cannot fully exercise his headship, his authority, because he's the head. And not just the head, he's actually the life in this church, in the, in the, in the church life. So for us to be able to receive life from Christ, watch this, this is very important. In Colossians, the spirit was mentioned in Colossians by in only two ways, in two places. One of them was referring to the Holy Spirit and the other one referring to our human spirit. That's really when the Spirit was mentioned in Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 and Colossians chapter 3. So look, when you look at Colossians chapter 2, you see where the Spirit has been mentioned. Colossians chapter 2 verse 5. So, For though I'm absent in the flesh, I am with you in where? In, I'm with you in spirit. Okay, now Colossians 1.8. We also declare your love in the, see the S, the spirit is, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. So the reference to the spirit in Colossians 1 was made to the Holy Spirit, and the second one, 2.5, was made to our human spirit. That's all that, when the spirit was mentioned in Colossians, but the rest is more the word, it's more the word, it's more the word. So then, is there a difference, is someone getting what I'm saying? Is there a difference, watch this again, the scripture we just read. Is there a difference between, because Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, let the spirit of God be filled with the spirit, speaking in Psalms, be filled with verse 19, speaking to her in Psalms, hymn spiritual songs. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms. So, now, one is focusing on the word, as I said. One is focusing on the spirit. Is there a difference? Not really. When, watch this, there's no difference. When the word of God dwells in your heart, it actually gives the spirit an opportunity to bubble out. Do you, do you understand that? So it's the same thing, but it's, it's, even, it's so interesting that in Ephesians chapter 6, when you read some translations, it doesn't say that, talking about the sword of the spirit, the, the, the armor of the, the believer. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, it said, taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Those of you who have been um, Sunday school, in Sunday school, these are one of the things that we, and taking the helmet of salvation, which is, uh, the, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, in some translations, it sounds like this. Taking the sword, taking the sword of the spirit, now, which is the word of God? Watch this. The which is the word of God in some, in the original translation, sounds like which is the word of God is not referring to the sword, but it's referring to the spirit. I know, I know, I know. grammar, sorry. Um, Am I confusing you? Okay, let, let me render it this way. Taking the sword of the spirit, which spirit is the word of God? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Taking the sword of the spirit. So I'm, I'm emphasizing how in, even in Ephesians, you can see there is a measure, a direct correlation between the spirit and the word. That is why when the word of Christ dwells in you richly, it gives an expression to the spirit to overflow with songs, 
with psalms, with hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the word of God needs to dwell in our hearts. Now the word dwell is also another interesting. Dwell there is not talking about, um, you see, like you have money in your pockets, so the word of God is dwelling in your, no. Dwell there means that has taken over. It's at, it's, there's a lot of room in your heart for the word of God to go anywhere. It's, it's rather in charge of your heart. It goes anywhere. It's influenced in our life, in our church life. The word of God dwells in us. It defines everything. When it comes to marital relationships, when it comes to employment relationships, when it comes to family relationships, when it comes to general relationships, sometimes people say, I know the Bible is saying, but I don't want to do it. I know the Bible. I don't. And some people go as far as saying, I actually disagree. <laughs> some pastors even go as far as saying, I disagree with Paul. You disagree with Paul? You disagree with Paul? Where is Paul? Where, where is Paul? I can, how, how can you disagree with Paul? How can you disagree with Paul? Where, where is Paul? You are you reading the Bible and saying Paul. Is that the word of God or Paul? Stop saying that. Stop demarcating the Bible saying Isaiah said it's Isaiah's opinion. It's not Isaiah's opinion. It's where boom day. It's the word of God. You either accept it or you are not of God. For all scripture is given by the inspiration, not some scripture. All scripture, all scripture, all scripture, all scripture. You don't agree with Paul. I don't also agree with Paul. <laughs> None of us agree with Paul in a lot of things. Because after all, he doesn't even know about internet. <laughs> How can Paul be telling me about his opinion on marriage when he was never married? How can Paul be telling me about university when, when our days, universities, people in universities have uh, uni wives? How, how can he? Uh, <laughs> does he know about uni wives? <laughs> how can he be talking to me about climate change when he has never seen a car? But once the word says it, please excuse Paul from it. It's not Paul, it's the word. The word is the word. It's the word. It's the word of God. So, whatever Paul said about marriage in this thing, whether you like it or not, is irrelevant. God has the proclivity, the joy, the pleasure, and the ability. And the exclusive decision to reach out to human beings with human beings. That's how he does it. So when he had to even save us from our sin, he said, I can't save them unless me, myself, I have to be a human being. So if you don't like dealing with human beings, you can't find God. You can never find God outside of human beings. I'm not talking about every human being. I'm talking about God. There will always be someone sent from God to you. There will always be a man or a woman sent from God, sent to Joppa and sent for Peter. 
And a whole angel appears to an army officer. A general, he said, send, angel, tell me. He said, no, send for Peter. Because the things, God just like reaching out to human beings with human beings. That is why Jesus Christ was a product of man and God. And is Jesus not the word? The word is a product of man and God. It was written by men, but came from God. God is the primary author. Men are the secondary authors. So don't hijack it in the name of Paul. Paul didn't have problems with women. We don't even know. We we don't even know. We, We don't know him. We don't know him. We never met him to say, okay, now tell us your personal opinion. Paul's personal opinion are not here. Anything, in fact, he wrote to the church of, thank you, he wrote to the church of Laodicea. He wrote a letter to the church of Laodicea. Where is it? Laodicea chapter one, but it's not there because those letters were his opinion. So it's not scripture. But whatever is here, oh my goodness, whatever is here, whatever is here, and he says that let the word of God have a free course in your life. That's what determines one, whether you are a true Christian or not. Two, whether you are spiritual or not. If you are a true Christian, it's not based on what church you attend, but it's based on how much the word of God, the word of God has taken over your heart, has taken over, is dwelling in your life. Pastor, it is so nice to pastor Christians. It's so nice. People who are born again. Because when they are born again, they hear the word of God. Oh, yes. If you are a shepherd and you have grass, it's so nice to find sheep. But if you have dogs in among the sheep, what are you going to do? You have a problem now because all you have is grass. Wow. And now dogs have showed up. Yeah. Wow. Dogs don't eat grass. They will eat your leg. <laughs> Many pastors have been eaten and wounded by their mistake of entertaining unbelievers as church members. <laughs> and giving them positions as church leaders. An unbeliever has been given a position as a church leader. Pastor, he will eat your leg one day. He will eat, praise the Lord. So he said, let the word of Christ have a free course. Let it dwell, the rich well. Let it dwell among Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. He said, let the word of Christ dwell. Let the word of Christ dwell. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts, oh, to the Lord. Singing with grace in your hearts. Grace. Grace is how we enjoy God in Christ. But because of my time, I won't want to talk too much about grace. But there must be grace in your heart. And it's as a result of the word of God that is dwelling in your life. The word of God. And so it says that teaching and admonishing one another in songs, in hymns and spiritual songs. And watch this. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doing something in somebody's name is like you are doing it in his person. 
whatever you are doing. You are doing it as though you are acting before him and he's acting through you. Everything you do. That's what makes church life work. Whatever people do, they do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he drops in giving thanks to God and the Father. Meanwhile, he has also said giving thanks in the verse 15. Be thankful. Be thankful. When the peace of Christ dwells in your heart, it produces an attitude of thanks. And whilst others are complaining, you are thanking. You are thanking. And always when you are a thankful person, your thank will be full. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then look at verse 18. Wives. Tell me it's Paul. <laughs> never, never attempt. Don't tell me that is Paul's opinion. Mm. You are making a grievous, pernicious mistake. Mm. Yeah. You are creating a platform for Satan to operate freely instead of the word of God operating freely. Wow. You are creating a platform for the enemy. Mm. It's not Paul. When Paul says wives, God is speaking now. God is speaking. Tota scriptura. Analogia scriptura. Sola scriptura. Only the scripture is what we go to for final authority. We don't need any book to validate what the scripture is saying. Nothing. Scripture has its own authority. When he speaks, he has spoken. That's final. Yeah, we don't need. Listen, listen, listen. We don't need a research to back what the scripture is saying. We don't need any research. We don't need anything. We don't need scientific opinion. Ah! Scientific opinion. Mm. There's so many things that scriptures were saying that science got it wrong in the days of Moses. Many years ago, they thought the earth was flat. Meanwhile, the Bible was saying the circles of the earth. What I'm saying is that sola scriptura, only scripture has the final authority. Total scriptura, everything he has said on any subject is the final authority. And analogia scriptura, it speaks with one voice. It's not saying one thing here and then it goes somewhere and saying a different thing. What the scripture said in Genesis, it says the same thing in Matthew. It's saying the same thing in Habakkuk. It's saying the same thing in Zephaniah. It's saying the same thing in Philemon. And it's saying the same thing in Revelation. One voice. Okay, so he said, wives. What did he say about wives? <laughs> Wait, he didn't say as long as they love you. That as long as it may be your opinion or somebody's opinion. Sometimes preachers end up saying as long as. It is not as long as. Are you a wife? What does the Bible expect of you? Submit to your husband. Not other people's husband. <laughs> now submit, the word submit is like a, a, a swear word in our modern day. A taboo. Why should I? Because everybody is just about me, how I feel, how I feel. How can you progress in life intelligently based on your feelings? Stop telling me how you feel. Let's talk reason. Let's talk facts. Let's talk statistics. Statistics, truth. Because truth 
is there's nothing as scientific as truth. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other things that might be just opinions. It's not the truth. So let's talk truth. Wife, submit. Someone said, but why, why, why should, why, why didn't he say men should also submit to their wife? It's only say that wife should uh, submit their wife. When you finish your lips, they give it to your husband to tell you to do it. <laughs> but sometimes, you see, what we have to understand is there are roles in life. Yeah. It's not, the prime minister is not better a human being than you. It's true. Yeah. But try and go to Downing Street and see if they allow you to go. Why? Because of his role and his function. Yeah, function. It's a function. That's why he's there. Okay. But so next Sunday you want to be the preacher? Come. Come. Come and preach. Come and preach. We 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 are waiting for you. I think the church is democracy, so that if this one preach today, okay, let's vote who will preach next week. Anyway, so sometimes we are not careful. We'll project our national philosophy or cultural values. We'll impose it on scripture and impose it everywhere. Now we have gone far. Now we have to, what we, our opinions must be superimposed on the word of God. On the word of God. So if we are not careful, you can be in church, but the word of God is not your opinion. Wow. You are gone off from Christ. You know when a train misses, the most of train crashes uh, is because one left their track and was derailed and went on another track. You know, those that should, yeah, they made a mistake in the movie and there's an on. Yeah. So anytime you, you approach God, even me as a pastor, I come with my opinions. I move away from God's word. And that's a collision course. The word of God says that wives submit to your husbands. And then ask, watch, watch, let's all, I think we should all read it after. No, can I have the ladies read it out? Let's go. Why submit your own husbands as it's fitting in the Lord? As it's fitting in the Lord. Gentlemen, can we all read it out loud? For all you may know, let me digress and say this meaning. You see what we just read? Yeah. This almost looks like it's addressing marriage. But it's as potent in healing power, in deliverance power, yeah. in salvation virtues, yeah. in directing virtues. Anything the word of God can do, any part of the word. As you read this, your healing, you are taking your healing. Some people are waiting, I pray, receive your healing. Reading this alone, you might think it's about wives. No, it is the word of God. As you let the word of God come out of your mouth, it doesn't matter the subject addressing. Just the word of God coming is there. In, in Luke, in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, he said, The seed is the word of God. The word of God is a seed. If he enters your mouth and comes out of your mouth, you have released the seed of God into your life. Yes. Not the problem. The seed is the word of God. The word of God is a seed that is viable any day, any time. Any day, any time. Bible says it's incorruptible. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. It's incorruptible. That's where some people miss their testimony. The preacher acts as a prophet, and he said, let's read it, prophesy. And people, mm, I'm not in the mood of reading. Mm. 
you have missed something. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It must be her. The word of God is good for the mouth. It's almost dust. It's like medicine. It's like mouthwash. It's like salt. Everything. Amen. Bible says medicine. All right. So wives submit to you. I don't want to dwell on this too much. What the Bible, watch this. I'm about to run up now. What we are learning from the Colossians. Okay, let's read the next one so that people can have peace. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives. Don't be bitter. Don't, be, don't say, because my wife, I have not progressed in life. Do <laughs> you know why you haven't progressed? Because of your choices. Because of your choices. Did she force you to marry her? Did she bring a gun? Sign the paper. Marry me. You choose. <laughs> no human being is total, holistic for one person. But when the word of God, Christ dwells in you, when the word of Christ dwells in you, when the word of Christ dwells in you, when the word, it gives you the ability to be able to live an ethical life. A certain ethical life that is unrivaled. It's unrivaled. Mm. The Holy Spirit, no, in Colossians, for instance, Christ is our head, mm-hmm. okay, and it's our life. So that the life we are living, this ethical life we are living, is not coming from our natural life, but it's coming from Christ, who is our life. That's why the standard is high. No woman can just easily submit to a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And no man can easily constantly love a woman. And not be bitter. And not be bitter. No, it's bitter. Do you understand that? So you can't just naturally, in your natural self, live this life. So when people are complaining about it, you can understand where they are coming from. Some of us don't have problems. You can, you can try. But people think you are good, but they don't know how much you are struggling. Sometimes your wife doesn't even know how much you are struggling living with her. Yeah. Many husbands don't know what their wives are going to living with them. But these are ethical relationships that we receive strength from Christ as the indwelling word to be able to live through the inspiration of the Spirit for us to have an effectual expression of the body of Christ. So when you see a Christian struggling with some behaviors, which is four shots of biblical standards, it's not because it's bad, but it's because they are not living the word of Christ. Probably it's not dwelling, the rich word is not dwelling, and it's not freely operating in their life. If the word of God freely operates in your life, certain behaviors will be spontaneous. No one needs to monitor you. You just, and you don't have to try and tick the boxes so you look like a Christian. There are people who are trying to look like a Christian. No, don't look like, just be a Christian by letting the word of God Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Time will not permit me to go. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. We pray you have been strengthened and enlightened. 
You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including Instagram and LinkedIn. You can also hear more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and the Carriage Church app. Don't forget to like and share the message. Be blessed.